Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello, welcome to another Les and Powers podcast. This is Scott Powers joined by Mark Lazarus for both of The Athletic uh, it is lovely. It's a Thursday, yes, right. I, I'm I'm completely lost, especially when I'm away from the team. Like I, I yeah, I, I struggle with the days. Uh, Mark is in Ottawa. I am in Chicago, uh, completing the, what a what's the Blackhawks would have what a four game road trip here in Canada, huh? Yeah, a lot of time in Canada this last month. They, they, they did the Western Canada swing, and then they did the Eastern Canada here, plus Winnipeg. Uh, you know, I got to say right off the bat here, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't open this uh, open with a different theme song today. I was expecting Go You Northwestern. After Ooh. last night's big win over IU, um, I'm I, I, I'm a little disappointed in our producer whose name is Scott Powers. <laughs> that would that would take a lot of technological work that I did not have. Um, yeah, I, I so, you, so you really thought that was a push off? I mean, this is the Big Ten, man. This isn't this isn't like you know the little kids network here. He, he created a little bit of space there enough to get that shot off. I thought, uh, but I I, I I I didn't expect the call. I just I I do think that he. Uh, you got a little bit of a Michael Jordan push off there to create a little space on Byron. Russell. Hey, when you're boo booey, you get the you get the Michael you, you Jordan rules. It was at home that. in North. Yeah, the Big Ten. You know, they're they're riding the Northwestern wave right now, and they uh, they needed that call. So <laughs> everybody um, needs those Northwestern ratings. Yeah, the two the two last teams to be Purdue, right? Like it's uh, the world beaters yeah. right there. Yeah, it's um, four straight wins over ranked opponents and number one team. I mean, the cats are for real. And Chris man. Collins needed the season because I think he was he was I, you know, that's, the end of that's the only downside of this. Like I wanted Chris Collins out because I didn't think he was a very good coach. So as like a fan, just as an alum, I just was like, we'll just have one more bad season and then we can go get a new coach. But now now he's here forever. God. Two trips to the tournament. Yeah, he's here for he's he's the new Fitzgerald. Yeah, I feel like he took a little bit of that Fitzgerald uh that charm and yeah, made it work this year. So yeah, that's uh yeah, I mean the fact that yeah, this is more than I mean, obviously making the tournament one time, but I always felt like Carmody deserved one one tournament that he never Oh, I got. wanted it so badly for him. He's such a fun guy to cover and just this like brutally honest, like, you know, New Yorkish guy. I I love Bill Carmody and he just they never quite got there. They were always close. Yeah. They'd get to the NIT or they just they need like two more wins down the stretch and they wouldn't get them. But uh it's it's fun now though. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, I uh, I feel bad because my my IU fandom is, is pretty fake. Like it's I I, I <laughs> when I when I was at when I was there, I was you know I had season tickets for four years, and then year after I graduated, I went to the Final Four, and you know I went to I saw a Sweet Sixteen where they beat Duke um, in uh, was it Louisville or Lexington? Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was I was a diehard fan, and then I yeah I just did sort of. Uh, I watched so much everything bad just... Northwestern basketball over the years. <laughs> I watch. I always watch the non-conference. I, I mean, I don't know why I do this myself, but this is the reward, right? It's like, you know, maybe I'll actually get to see him do something. Yeah, maybe you can uh, you can follow him the turn. I'll, I'll I'll cover a few days, and you just go follow Northwestern and the. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the actually, the uh, it, it works out. The Big Ten tournaments in Chicago. If you'd like, to yeah. Know. How about that? If we can go to a game. 
We might get a double buy. That's crazy. Yeah, look at that. Um, it's right around my birthday too. We can uh, we can go celebrate. Oh hell North, yeah, Northwestern. Yeah. Like our birthday's the same week, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. What did your mine's the tenth? On March sixth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll go. We'll go just get drunk all day and watch college <laughs> basketball. It'll be just like when I covered it in college. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Blackhawks played. I, I, yeah, I don't want to get too deep into the actual games, but it's uh, after a very. After coming out of the break and playing Arizona and Anaheim and feeling really good about themselves, like it, it, it felt like this road trip had a chance to probably put them, put them back down to earth a little bit, and it's 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 been the case over three games, and you know I don't know how much better it's going to get in Ottawa either. Yeah, I mean this is this is it hasn't been pretty. I mean you know Luke Richardson keeps saying that he likes the way they played in Winnipeg. They just got you know hella bucked, which happens. Um, the Montreal game was absolutely atrocious like one of the worst games i've seen the blackhawks play this year and that is really saying something they played some real stinkers this year it was just a terrible effort uh last night in toronto i mean toronto is just so much better than them that's really all it comes down to right like montreal isn't good winnipeg is pretty good but toronto that's that's an elite team with so much firepower and you know even if the blackhawks are quote unquote playing well they can't hang with a team like that. They don't have no. the they don't have the the horses to keep up with a team like that. So, you know, it almost didn't matter. I mean, they were minus 650. I'm not much of a betting guy, but Toronto was minus 650 favorites. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in the hockey with a fluky sport like that, but like, they were right. I mean, they just can't hang. Like in theory, they should be able to hang with Ottawa tomorrow, but you know, they're just you know, it's funny. I, I I wrote a story during the game. You know, as you could, as our readers know, we're not really writing game stories this year because the games don't really mean anything. I had a story ready to go, and it was basically ready to file. And then I went in the locker room, and I just like, I just got this sense that everybody was just beaten down by this trade deadline stuff. I think they really are. Like, like I don't think you're, I don't think you're going to see a good game from this team until this all passes. I think that all this stuff, the Kane stuff, the Tave stuff, the McCabe stuff, the Lafferty stuff, there's so many of these guys on the block right now that it's really weighing them down. And I, and I was able to pull Sam Lafferty aside yesterday after the game, and he said as much. He said, yeah, it's 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 hard. We're all trying not to think about it. We're trying to be professionals. But um, they're human beings. They're buddies. They're friends. Like, And they're, they're, they're about to see their friends leave. And, you know, they're getting asked about it all the time, and they're thinking about it all the time, and they're talking to their agents about it all the time. And there's just this natural human side of this that it makes it really hard to go out and focus on hockey when your whole life is about to be upended. So uh, I wound up writing a column off of that because I think we forget sometimes, you know, we always write about the human side and ha ha ha, this guy didn't have his luggage for a week and a half or whatever like that. But these are like, you know, there aren't a lot of jobs in the world where you could just potentially be like uprooted and moved, you know, against your will even. Like yeah. it's not it's not like you're gonna you're not gonna get traded to uh you know the Fresno B tomorrow. That's not how this works. So it, it's a really strange lifestyle where I mean nobody feels sorry for them. I know they make millions of dollars to play a game, and that's the deal. You sign up for that. Everyone would sign up for that. But it's there's still people with families and lives and friends, and a lot of them are about to be you know upturned. And you don't know if you're gonna go to Florida or Edmonton or you know L.A. or Boston. You can go anywhere, and that's a very unnerving feeling I think for these guys. Yeah, it's it's also interesting. It's it's coupled off. Of, I mean, they probably played their two best games of the year right before this road trip, and I, it's probably being on a road trip and just yeah. I mean, it. it, it you think that it, would help almost, but but if, if anything, yeah. it's you know the, these guys love going on road trips because there's no distractions, right? 
but now there's no distraction from the distraction. Yeah. Like they yeah. can't just go play with their kids or something because you're just here thinking about the trade deadline. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And and sometimes the reality is that these teams are just better than them, right? Like I feel like that's the part that plays out. And um it, it's Luke Richardson's gotten so much out of this team this year. And it just it some days it just is unrealistic for multiple reasons, including including what you're talking about. Like it's um yeah, and then we still have a few more weeks of this, right? Like we still don't know what's I mean, the Blackhawks still haven't been told, you know, what Kane and Taves want to do. And, um, you know, we're probably maybe a week away from that still. And we, I mean, there's only three more home games before the trade deadline. So, I mean, it's, uh, um, you know, we still, I think we both still expect that Kane has to be traded. You know, Taves is probably a lot more up in the air. But, um, yeah, there's, you know, there's two home games. And then who, who knows if they get to that third one, too. Like, I mean, the third one's on March March 2nd, so right before the deadline. So we're we're talking you know, like this could be the end. And I, I wonder if I, I'm sure they've wanted to delay it. In fact, that there haven't been a lot of home games and they want to, you know, delay this into long as, as possible. But we're sort of coming up against it now, too. What What do you think about this kind of growing animus toward particularly Kane among the Blackhawks fans? I mean, it's not like it's not like they're 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 kind of starting to get frustrated with him. Like, make up your goddamn mind already. That's like 90% of the comments now. If they're not screaming about me being too woke, it's about, you know, why Patrick Kane's got to make up his mind. He cost us now. It's his fault that he didn't get traded to New York. He should have said a month earlier that he wanted to get traded. You know, he hasn't made up his mind yet. He doesn't know what he wants to do. It's a huge life decision. And typically this stuff doesn't happen until the week leading up to the deadline. The the Horvat and Tarasenko trades were unusual in that regard. But what do you what do you make of this kind of growing frustration the fan base is having? It's like this if he's going to have a farewell, it should be a you know uplifting, moving thing. And right now, it's like just rip the bandaid off and get out of here. It seems to be the vibe, which is which is it's really odd because this is Patrick freaking Kane, arguably the greatest Blackhawk of all time. Yeah, I I still think that he's decided, and I just don't think he wants to declare his decision. You know, like I get to the idea that I, I get the sense that he's he wants to be traded. Every sign. Um, his point in that direction throughout the year and and you know like you just i i just don't think he wants this maybe and, and maybe that's the most challenging part of this whole thing for either one of them is just saying that aloud and and you know having brisson tell davidson that and worrying worrying about the reaction from the fans then you know like ultimately you're saying i want to be traded from the blackhawks and um and you're moving on you know instead of the blackhawks being the ones sort of making the decision so um i i get yeah, I don't know. I think it's challenging for them in a lot of respects and just getting over the hump of actually making that decision. But um, yeah, I mean, in the one sense in, in that, you know, like there's certainly fewer trades to be made now because of what else has happened. Um, I, I still think there are going to be teams left out there for for, for Kane to go to. Um, and Toronto would Toronto's in a tizzy right now over the idea that he could go to Toronto. Yeah. And, I, and maybe and maybe the fans are so worked up about it because one, we've it's been such a hot topic throughout the whole season and two, some of those trades have happened. So it feels like any possibility of getting something for Kane um, is slipping or, or, or is it a sense of they just, I don't know. Like, I, like I, I, I read, you know, when I do read the comments of our stories and people aren't yelling about something that it's often about, um, you know, people also, they, they want the idea of that Kane and Taves might return and, 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 and resigning. So maybe, maybe them saying that we're going to stay throughout the season, maybe that opens some window to them resigning, which I, which I still don't think is a possibility, but um, yeah, I, I think maybe fans just want some clarity. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, uh, I, it's, it's odd knowing that the deadline stuff really doesn't happen. And um, 
until a little bit later, like you said. So, yeah, I don't know what to make of it entirely. And to just just as an aside to all the commenters screaming at us to stop writing about Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, we see the numbers. We see that you're reading the Patrick that you want the Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves stuff. When I when we write about Tyler Johnson, I'm telling you, it ain't the same. <laughs> so you could say you want some features on some other guys, and we'll get into you in March. I promise you'll be getting to you in March. But right now, all you guys care about is Patrick Kane and Jonathan yeah. Taves. So uh, we're 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 writing the news. The news right now. There's no bigger story in the Blackhawks of the last you know six months than what the future of Patrick Kane is. Yeah. And it's not all pure, pure pure speculation. We do have some news in there. And we do. Yeah, we, we actually we, talk we, to people around the league, believe it or not. <laughs> we know um, things. Yeah. And um, yeah, but we, we, we have a fun piece coming tomorrow. We have our uh, annual player poll, which uh, which we over the last month we've worked on. And um, yeah, it's, it's always a fun piece. And it, it's the I, I, we try to do it later in the season. So the players all have known each other well for a long time now and have a pretty good sense of everyone's personality and who they are. So it's. Definitely we're running so- it tomorrow because half of them won't be here the next week. <laughs> um, but uh, it was, yeah, every year it's, it's a fun, it takes a while to put together, but it's a fun piece. And we just did, yeah. and and we had a Frank Nazar uh, Q and a early in the week. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like he's, uh, he's leaning toward going back to Michigan. And um, so, yeah, we, we have, and we'll apply plenty of prospect and, stuff. And, and we're also going to write more about Patrick Kane. So brace yourself. Yeah, for sure. I mean, until Patrick Kane, <laughs> probably until after Patrick Kane's gone, it'll probably still be talking about Patrick Kane. <laughs> Um, I, I know that, uh, the Brinkett spoke today and, and I, what, what Ian Mendez, who the athletic was there and, um, you tweeted some of the comments and, um, yeah, yeah he, uh, Ian sent me the, uh, the audio file I was just listening to before we came on the air and, you know, to Brinkett is pretty tight with Kane. Like they still talk, they still communicate, they still, you know, text each other while watching hockey games. I have a story coming up after the deadline that, that, that'll kind of touch on that a little bit about these guys, how they watch the games. And um, so they keep in touch, and Debrinket was kind of, kind of open about it. He, he he sounds like a guy who is convinced Patrick Kane's out the door. Like he didn't flat out say that, but he said, you know, it's been tough for him. A lot of his buddies got moved out last year, and I think he's been going through a little injury stuff. It's a tough season. I can't say he probably wants to be in a rebuild right now, but you guys can ask him that. And then he went on to talk about how he, you know, he's so competitive, and you know, everyone around the league is excited to see him in a new home and see how he gets comfortable there. I, he was almost talking about him in the past tense with the Blackhawks. Like, yeah. if, if you're just reading tea leaves, you know, Patrick Kane talks to Alex Dabrinkit, and Alex Dabrinkit sure sounded like a guy who knows that Patrick Kane's leaving. So uh, it was it was interesting to hear that. You know, the, uh, you know, the um, it just feels like that's inevitable. It yeah. really does. Like, it'd be, it, it's, you know, I, I was talking to uh, um, our Toronto guy, Sean Fitzgerald and, and, and Jonas Siegel last night, and they're like, they're asking me what he's going to do and what's going to every, every city we go to everyone's asking what's he going to do what's he going to yeah, do yeah. and like i have like my idea my, like if 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 i were these guys as friend and i'm not i i we just work with them and, and this is easy for me to say and it's probably wrong but i would tell both of them fucking stay play your careers out here your legacies are secure you've got three cups you've got all the the, the hardware and the trophies and everything like that like you have nothing left to prove like you could go out and just be legends you could be perpetual Chicago legends, you know, and you just say, you know what, you want to come back, you play a few more years and you, and you retire as Blackhawks. They don't need to go chasing the cup. This isn't a Ray Bork situation. So for me, from the outside, I could see that. And I would say, why wouldn't you just stay and just, you know, be the guys that, that, that lead that next generation into the league and then bow out gracefully. But I see, I'm not I, a I, professional I athlete. I see I'm not, the, I'm not as hyper competitive as they are where they're, yeah, I, they're I thinking, 
it's been seven years, you know, yeah. we've wasted our primes here, and I wanted to go chase a car. I get that. I guess the, I just it, I don't know. They're gonna have statues outside regardless, right? Like yes, they, they they are forever Blackhawks. Like if it's now yes. or it's three or four years from now, they I don't think their legacies as Blackhawks are any different. And um, and them staying, I I don't know how like it. I I don't know if things get any better in the next three four years, right? Like it, like it all depends on if they get Bedard and and what else and whatever else happens. And that's the only reason I could see Kane staying is that he wants to see what happens at the draft lottery, and yeah. then he could just go right as because he could just stay and then be a UFA and write his own ticket in the summer. But uh, he he doesn't also, want to screw over the Blackhawks. Th- this could be their best chance. This this end of the season could be their best chance to chase another cup. Like you you choose yeah. who you're going to. Yeah. Um, you have an opportunity, like you don't have to play out a full season and yeah, I don't know. Like you just, you kind of it's have tough, though. Where, wherever Kane goes, he's not re-signing there. None of these teams that could get him for the rest of the season can afford him next season. Well, so it, what's it he going to do next season? He, it depends on what he, like, I, I don't, yeah, I'm curious whether money's going to matter to him or not. Like, Does he want to go to Toronto or Dallas or Vegas or Carolina for three months and then have to move again? He's got a young kid. He's got a family. That like this yeah, but isn't like guys do that. Like it's not like it's unheard of. You know, like, of course not. No, yeah. but it's 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 not ideal, especially when you've been with a team forever. You're not like one of these mercenary types that have been around and done that before. These guys, Kane and, and Taves, have never moved. They've never yeah. had to do that. So I, I think that you know, again, it, it, whatever teams he gets traded to, they will not be able to re-sign him. They're on a. I'm I'm curious what Kane's next contract looks like, right? Like he can probably still demand, you know, eight nine million, but Six, but seven. I was thinking, but yeah, yeah well, whatever. It, it but I, I don't like. There aren't a lot of teams that can afford that, and I don't know right. if like he's and he's not going to want to go to teams that can't contend after this. So, and I, he's not going to want to do one year deals. I don't think. I don't think you know. Again, if no, we, but we, but maybe maybe if if he finds the right spot, I mean, do you, do you just take a, some kind of discount and that's where you go play? Like you don't need. We the always money. say that that never happens, though, right? I mean, these guys have made gods and more than enough money in their careers. Like Patrick Kane doesn't need, you know, like when Brad Richards at the end of his career signed with the Blackhawks because he wanted to do one more cup run. He signed for what two million dollars. He could have gotten more than that in the open market. He didn't need the money, but that doesn't happen very often. Like, does, we really it, don't I mean, see that. Yeah, I. I I think we, I mean, we've seen it a few times over recent years, right? Where, and the, when, the NHLPA discourages it too. You're not supposed to do that because you were theoretically screwing over your fellow players, right? A rising tide lifts all boats. You're not supposed to be out there taking discounts. It's generally I, frowned upon. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll be curious because I, I don't know how many teams that, you know, like I mean, usually teams that better teams don't have a lot of cap space. And I don't think Kane's. I think Kane's unique where he's not just chasing, you know, whatever he gets paid the most. I, I think there is a, there, there, there is finding the right line mates in the championship, you know, the right contender because he hasn't gone through that in recent years. And yeah, I, I guess that's the biggest thing is for me is that I think it's been so long since these guys have actually had success. Like it'd be different if, if they've even been competitive in recent years, but I mean, to go the entire length of this, both of their, I mean, like I mean, their contracts, contracts yeah. yeah, without, you know, playoff appearance, like it's, it's been a long yeah, it, time. It's incredible to think that they, all, all they've accomplished, they sort of squandered their prime still. And it's astonishing. Like they, they won three cups so early in their careers that, the you know historical definition of prime is was like your mid twenties to your early thirties. They blew it completely. Like the Hawks squandered it completely. And you can't go back and say, "Oh, the Hawks didn't do enough." They won three Stanley Cups. Yeah. That's you know tied for the most in the modern era. But at the same time, it's like, boy, they just they really they really squandered so many good years from them. 
Yeah, I was talking to someone yesterday actually about the like the fact that Blackhawks formed from two thousand and nine or two thousand eight nine to to two thousand and I guess with with the sixteen seventeen season like there's almost like that's eight nine years right like of success and then I think uh, like U.S. Mold team like if you have that sort of window of success like you're probably satisfied you know like you have right. three cups and that it wasn't just like three cups in a row but it was this long long span where you were competitive and you were in the playoffs and and even up until the end you know even the St. Louis and Nashville series like those seasons they were successful and it felt like you know if they get past this team or that team like they still make a run so. um I don't think anyone saw the abrupt ending to it, but like the window they had was, was large and it, it, yeah, there's, there's gotta be regrets there because it felt like the window could have stayed open even longer, but, yeah. but for the, for the success they had, it just, it happened so early in the career that it, it feels like it, it was wasted. But for, I think a lot of teams, if you told them like, yeah, you're going to have this eight year window. I think a lot of teams would. Yeah. It, it goes back to that, that thing I'm always harping on is like, what would it, would it be better to be a Bruins fan in the last 15 years or a Blackhawks fan? Is it better to burn brighter or is it better to burn longer? Yeah. Every, no, every sure. year the Bruins are in it, but they never win anything. Maybe this yeah. year they will. They're unbelievably good. Yeah. But they haven't won anything in 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. It's, uh, yeah, I, I guess it'll be nice. It'll be, I, I, yeah, it'll, it'll be nice to have some clarity here in the next week and just, uh, we, we, we feel like we so said much. that every week for the last month. I know, but it, like, like, there's actually like deadlines now, and there's actually like, I've <laughs> <laughs> nice really thing. been kicking this can down the road a lot. Yeah, like it's, uh, it's been a season long thing. So, looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It'll be... Um, yeah. So what do you think? What about what about like Jake McCabe? Jake McCabe is an interesting case because he's not a rental, which is usually, for some reason, a problem. But he's on a reasonable contract, and the Hawks would be very happy to eat half that salary if it meant getting like a first round pick, you could have Jake McCabe, a pretty solid defenseman for two more years at $2 million a yeah. year in a flat cap world. That seems awfully appealing to me. If I'm a GM of a contender. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone's giving up a first rounder. I, I think the Blackhawks are more hopeful for a second or third or decent prospect. I, I, I think... don't make that move for a third rounder. Cause he's still valuable to this team and you need someone. Yeah, I, I think to work with the young guys they come up. Like, there, there has to be a little bit more because you are going to eat something and, and he does have another year and he's, you know, he's probably a good, you know, a really good team. He's probably, you know, like a four through six defenseman, right? Like he's yeah, he's um, a solid number four. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't think anyone's giving up a first. Like the, you can, um, the, the, the freaking the uh, Blue Jackets are asking for a first, second, and third or whatever for freaking Gavrikov. And is the Blue Jackets? Get, I'm, I'm just how like, did the Blue lot... Jackets every year turn some like mediocre player into God? They did it with David Savard. They got a first rounder for David Savard. How does Columbus keep doing this? They are really good at messaging. Holy cow! <laughs> um, yeah. From what I've heard, that the Blackhawks have gotten enough calls about McCabe, and and so we'll just see whether it, you know whether it, it comes to fruition. But I, yeah, I don't I don't see a first rounder. I don't I don't know how realistic that is. I I think you know if they can get a second and a third and a prospect, or um, I think that's more reasonable. I, I think I think Lafferty's in that in a similar conversation where, um, you know, a second or a third rounder, and just because he's at such a, um, 
it's sort of like the Brandon Hagel situation where you just, yeah. you, you know what you're getting. Like, I mean, obviously Hagel's a little bit, uh, you know, better case and, and, and more desirable because he had some more offense to him. But um, I, I think the cost certainty of both those players, you know, like um, I, I think McCabe, a little bit of concern just because his injury stuff, but um, he, he certainly, he's played well this year. And yeah, I mean, I, I think he fits in with the contender. He gives you some nice depth to defenseman, but I, I'd be shocked if they got a first rounder, right? Like it's, um, like there's only so many first rounders that are going to go during the trade deadline. It's wild because some years they give out first rounders like candy. Like Ryan Hartman got a first rounder before he was like a 30 goal scorer. Uh, we see first rounders go like David Savard again. I mean, we we see these first rounders go like candy, but this year everyone seems a little bit more protective of it because this draft, it's not just Bedard, Fantilli, Mitchkoff, and Carlson. They're the, the, the talking to draft experts, they see this draft like there's like the 15th pick in this draft would be a top five pick in most drafts. Like that's how good the top of this draft is supposed to be and just how deep that talent pool is. So I think teams are a little kind of, they're kind of clutching their first rounders a little more tightly than they have in years past. And the reality too, is that then there's other players obviously around available around the league. I mean, Timo Meyer and Eric Carlson, if those guys are available, yeah. like they're um, yeah, they're, they're probably more desirable, you know, like it, it's, God, can you imagine if the Oilers got Eric Carlson, like have Carlson feeding the puck up ahead to Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl? Holy yeah, shit. Yeah. Like I know, I know they need actual defense and Eric Carlson doesn't really do that anymore, yeah. but my God, the, just the, I would, I would pay money to get a press pass to watch that team play. <laughs> um so yeah I, I think i mean that's that's i, I guess that's where I, I i i think kane still like he draws a first rounder if 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 he says he wants to go i just i yeah it's it's hard for me to see the blackhawks get multiple first rounders you know like i'm sure they want to move domain and the cu if they can um but yeah again you're talking about you know second third rounders maybe and um i guess that they need to figure out what they're gonna try to keep around or you know like so much of this is uh, yeah, none of these guys are really sticking around. Like, sure, yeah, you you'd like Lafferty or McCabe to stick around, and they're and they're fine. Um, but yeah, the Blackhawks probably see them as replaceable too if they want to go out and get a veteran for a couple of years and probably overpay for them. So, I you know, it's where other teams see like the cost, um, yeah, cost efficiency of those players. Like the Blackhawks, yeah, they just don't look at it the same way because they don't. They, they actually need to spend money over the next two years, two years to get over, right. you know, get even to the floor. So. And just the fact that, you know, you know, McCabe's a good player and it would be nice to have him, you know, working with a Kevin Korczynski to shore up his defensive game like that all that's all appealing. But the fact is, none of these guys are going to be here on the other side of this. I mean, we've talked about this before. Seth Jones and maybe Philip Kurashev are really the only guys in the roster right now that are going to be here when the Hawks are good again, if the Hawks get good again. Yeah. Like even even like Sam Lafferty, we think of him as a relatively young guy. He's like 27 years old. Yeah, he's not he's not some prospect, you know. No, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I mean, if Lafferty stays here, I don't see him probably resigning after this contract. I mean, they, they're bringing in no, a lot of a, guys. He, he, he's just one of those guys, guys that can guys bridge that, you, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're bringing in a lot of guys that they think are going to be Sam Lafferty and hopefully with a little bit more offensive upside even, you know? Right. Um, we, uh, you put out a call for questions. Um, this is from Wally Kleinfeld. Do you guys think part of why fans have been so accepting of tanking, high attendance, etc., is because of how transparent the tanking is? Short of a Rangers-like letter to fans, Katie and team have been very blatant. Obviously, the prospect of Bedard helps too. The the Hawks sent a letter out. It was during the Bowman era, but it was when they let Crawford walk. Remember, they sent out a letter just like the Rangers one, saying we're rebuilding. And then six months later, they traded two first-round picks for Seth Jones. So, um, yeah, I mean. I think everyone understands the deal, right? Like Blackhawks fans are, uh, it, it, you know, I, I did radio in Toronto yesterday and I get asked this a lot. Like, 
how are Blackhawks fans handling this? Because I think everyone still thinks these are bandwagony fans. And it's pretty clear that that's not the case now. But they're 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 a pretty sophisticated fan base now. They don't they're they're not all the way there. This isn't like a, a Winnipeg type market or a, a Detroit even or a, they're not gonna like that I said that or or a Toronto market where like because this is still like the first time a lot of the young fans have been going through this. The fans that were minted in the late two thousands. Um, this is the first time they're going through it, but they all understand the appeal. The last few years have been pointless and awful. So they understand why they're doing this. Everybody knows who Connor Bedard is. Everyone knows the goal here. My thing is what's going to happen next year because it's probably going to be worse. Like you said that a lot this year, that the next year could be worse than this. Uh, and it might be interesting because you might have a Bedard or a Fantilli or whoever uh, playing alongside a Reichel. You might have Korchinski on the back end. And those are things you can cling to as a fan. But this team could be horrendous next year as those guys get their feet wet. And how are the fans like you know once once the novelty of fifteen dollars tickets wears off, how are they going to handle this? Because there might not be nineteen thousand people in the United Center for a team next year that doesn't have Kane or Taves. I think all of it depends on Bedard, right? Like if if Kane and Taves aren't here, like you need Connor Bedard. I, I don't think people yes. are going to. I I Reichel uh, and Korchinski and whomever else. I even Fantilli's not going to give you that. No, buzz like that it's it's not like it, people aren't going to rush out to buy Fantilli jerseys, right? Like he yeah. he may be the future and he may be the next next Taves like center, but yeah, Bedard's the yeah he's a superstar. He's the one who walks in your building and it changes changes your organization. You know, off and on, you know on and off the ice. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's so much hinges on him replacing Kane and Taves and marketing him and yeah so yeah it'll be yeah I don't think I I think next year would just yeah it's it'll be interesting to see what that's like otherwise what I wonder is let's say the Blackhawks finish with like the third worst record and they wind up with like the fifth or sixth pick whatever it is does that discourage tanking in the future like if it doesn't work because nobody's tanking as obviously as like like you look at Columbus right now they're in the lead they went out and got Johnny Gaudreau this summer like they were not coming in here intending to tank and they're winning the tank race. So I wonder like, cause I would love to see the league somehow mitigate tanking, somehow prevent this from happening. And I don't know how you do it. The gold plan's never going to happen where, you know, once you get eliminated, you start winning and that's how you accumulate points towards the draft. That's not going to happen. The league's never going to go for it much as I'd love to see it. I don't know how you like, like the, the, the draft lottery should be enough because finishing dead last doesn't guarantee you give you a like I said twenty five percent chance or whatever having the first pick guarantees you a top three pick yes but maybe if you just like make the lottery a total crapshoot where you can you can fall back from first to thirteenth I, I don't know how you mitigate tanking right now other than I, I, think part, I mean part of it's still you still have to put in the context of what the Blackhawks were right like if it wasn't Kyle Davidson as a first year GM like if this was Stan Bowman's you know, whatever 10th year, I, I don't think he gets this, you know, like he doesn't get this leeway Like he doesn't get to rip it down. Like Kyle Davidson gets the benefit of doubt from the organization because they're like, we got to try something different. And the, the previous way didn't work. So I, I don't like, at least in the black club circumstance, like it feels so much like it was the situation. And this is, this is one potential plan. And this is obviously they were what, what they were able to get the organization on board with too. But it, it, it does feel like that not every team can pull this off. And then, um, you you have some markets like Arizona that that continue just not to find success, right? Like just um, they they've had some picks that that haven't worked out, and um, you know they continue not to spend to the cap, you know, and in, in, in a real sense, other than you know acquiring contracts and um, and then yeah, I don't know, I, I feel like and then Montreal was so strange where like it, it's in the Cup final, and and obviously that felt like a little bit smoke and mirrors, but then um, yeah, to, to be so bad that you're after so. 
Um, and then and then Columbus is a, it's an odd case where they they certainly didn't think they'd be in this um, in this right now. And and right now it, it, it feels like a four team race in a lot of ways. I mean, I think uh, if the Blackhawks lose the next two games they're I think they're back in last place again with Columbus. And then you have Arizona and Anaheim who the Blackhawks just played. And and, and yeah, they don't you know, I mean, Arizona especially is trading pieces away and um, it feels like it, they're going to only get worse after the deadline. So. Um, yeah, I don't know what the what the fix is, but yeah, it feels it, it at least in the Blackhawks situation, it felt very situational to what they were going through. I mean, it's this isn't something um, the Blackhawks could have done. Understand, Bowman, like he wouldn't have been able, right. to, given this kind of leeway of everything. All right, uh, Wally Mazarek, Mazarek, uh, our old friend, he asks, "Will Lucas Reichel be called up after the trade deadline? Seems like he was doing quite well in Chicago, and then when they sent him down, he struggled in Rockford. I feel like he's too good for the AHL at this point." I think it depends on how many people are here, you know, like if they have <laughs> enough, if they have enough players, I, I think they'd love to see Reichel play the season out there. I think they want to get Rockford into the playoffs. They want to, they want those guys to play up playoff games. They also want to give the chance of whomever from junior or college, um, you know, the, an opportunity to play up playoff games, you know, like I, I McCorchinski probably makes a run. They, they have a really good Seattle team, but um, you know, there's a number of other guys who are, are going to, you know, potentially turn pro or there's other guys, you know, like a lot of those guys are in Seattle now. So the guys who are already actually under contract, but um, I think ideally they like to like to bring over a couple of junior players, you know, put them in the playoffs. And, you know, they did that previously when Ryan Hartman, I think uh, got a chance to play in some playoff games and maybe Saad did as in, in junior. So um, there's a few cases where guys came over and, you know, like that's why they sort of loaded up this team. They wanted this team to be really good to get an opportunity to Reichel and Gutman, all these guys to play with veterans, but also to make the playoffs and give them some playoff games. So I think, uh, yeah, I think this season they, they, they sort of see it as developmental year for Reichel from, from start to finish. And, um, and if there's enough guys in, in, in Chicago, and maybe that's not depending who they trade away. They they may need them up here, but I, I think even this last recall, the fact that they called up Sini and they called up Gutman, I think that was a little bit telling that they. Um, I don't think they want to jerk him around at this point. You know, like I think they want Reichel to be wherever he's at, and they've given him a nice taste of NHL, and now they've seen that what he's potentially capable of, but sort of sticks to the plan of of probably keeping him down there this season. Yeah, and it's it's on the one hand, it's understandable that Reichel was a letdown after being sent down after playing so well in those three games. But on the other hand, you know, pull up your big boy pants and go out and you know force their hand, right? I mean, you, this is it, it's it's kind of a test of a guy's you know mental strength here and his will to send him down when he and say you know and and, and for him to just light the world on fire down there and make it clear that he doesn't belong in the AHL, right? And he hasn't done that. He's been fine, but. There was clearly a, a dip in his game after he was, let's face it, unjustly sent down from the NHL. You know, that's just, but you know, that's, he's a young guy. And as Patrick Kane pointed out the other day, you need to be more patient with prospects than sometimes the Blackhawks have been. <laughs> and uh, that's what they're doing. They are, yeah. they're waiting for them to be overripe at this point. That is the Blackhawks philosophy now is they want them overripe as opposed to what they did with Boquist and Doc. Yeah. And I, I think the problem is that they just they they don't have many fans just don't have anything to cling to right now. Yeah, of course. No, I understand. Like, yeah. I, hell, I want to see Reichel. I don't want to see these guys. Most of these guys, I don't want to. I, I want to see Reichel. I want to see Korchinski. I want to. I'm looking forward to next year because there'll be new players to watch and maybe be excited by. Because right now, you know, most of these Blackhawks are interchangeable parts. They're not really exciting players. 
John, John Greenberg wants to know when the trade deadline is. Is it April? <laughs> uh, I think it's in 2029 at this yeah. rate. I don't think we're ever actually going to get there. It's like it's like a moving target. Like the closer we get to it, the farther we actually do. It's like the relativity. I don't know what's going on. Uh, from Jonathan Zygmunt, uh, should the Hawks, Blackhawks pursue Henry Thun, Thrun in UFA, or is this the, the abundance of lefties in the pool enough to say no? Uh, Henry Thruns, who's with, I think, the Ducks, but he, he's a prospect who isn't, he's a college guy who's not going to, who said he's not signing. Um, but yeah, I don't see the Blackhawks really pursuing. Um, right. Don't they have enough defensemen in the system? Good yeah, I, I think with, I mean, you have Del Mastro, Nolan Allen, Korchinski, Kaiser, all four of those guys potentially coming. Yeah, yeah, you know, if Kaiser signs, those other three other guys are already signed for next year coming in, and then you already have, yeah, all those other guys under contract and Vlasic and yeah. yeah. So I think they, I, 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 I know I, I know the I know the old saying in hockey is you can never have enough defensemen, but they have enough defensemen. Yeah. Uh, from Reed Klein, he asked if I had sent Shalouma up anything for Valentine's Day. Um, <laughs> we we did get a pretty definitive that he's probably not Blackhawks. Do you have no plans of signing him? I love that he's a thirty-year-old prospect. I, 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 I just uh, he'll—he's perpetually. He's like—he's like forever young, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from Shelby, who do you think the biggest jersey sellers will be once Cannon Taves are gone? That's a big question, right? Like this stuff matters to the Blackhawks. It might not matter on the ice, but it matters to the Chicago Blackhawks. Those 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 jerseys are very expensive, and they make money. Uh, and, you know, we keep saying we don't see a lot of Seth Jones jerseys out there. He's going to be by far the biggest star in this team next year, in theory. Um, they, they hope it's Bedard. You want to see a bunch of, what's he, num- number 98? They want to see a bunch of 98s oh, I think Bedard sells instantaneously, yeah. But yeah. if it's not Bedard, like, like if I it's think not there's... Bedard, yeah, I don't know if, like, Leo Carlson is going to light the world on fire yeah. here. Especially if he's not going to be here next year, potentially, so. So then, you, uh, then you're down to Korchinski and Reichel, right? It's got to be one of those two guys, and... Yeah. I think defensemen are hard. I think unless you're like, you put up crazy points or you're part of a winner, which the Blackhawks, you know, like yeah, Seabrook you got to be Keith, Kale McCarr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Seabrook and Keith and 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 even Jarmelson, like they, uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of that had to do with just the success of the team, you know. Like Nicholas yeah, Jarmelson, people bought their jerseys, but they didn't buy them when they were 22 years old. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think that's for the for the most part the questions. Um. You're going to see a movie today. I know we haven't really done our uh, our entertainment section of the podcast. Lately. It's Ant Man, Ant Man opening day, man. Quantumania. hell yeah! I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I don't. Did, did you watch any of the Super Bowl trailers? You you excited for the Flash and the uh, resetting of the DC universe and the end of the Snyderverse? No, I've not watched mean, any of that. Do any of these words mean anything to you? No, no. I know the words. I just don't know what they mean. Um, so I know you want Banshees of Inisherin to win Best Picture, but who's going to win Best Picture? Have you seen any other movies this year? <laughs> I have to look at the list. I actually was looking the other day where I I need to just find what movies are streaming. Um, I did. Finish, I, need, I, I need to see. I, I did finish Homeland. I, I finished Homeland. I, I finished. <laughs> way to way to stay contemporary, Scott. <laughs> that it, it took us so much of my time. And now I'm watching. Uh, I've been watching White Lotus on HBO. Oh, that's a, that's an easy one to get through. Just six episodes each. Those are. Yeah, I need. To, but yeah, I need to watch some movies and and dive in. So yeah, I. I, the only thing I can say is Ben Cheese Administration and should win because I don't know the any other the movies. So. <laughs> I think uh I I I think the Fablemans is gonna win. I think there's gonna be a Spielberg love fest. Uh this is not Steven Spielberg's best movie by a long shot. It has some really great moments in it, but it's not some epic uh masterpiece. But I think it's gonna win. When over, are the Oscars? Uh, when are the Oscars? I think yeah. they're uh, right around the trade deadline. I think actually, I think it's in early March. Well, I got I got time to cram them in. I'll be on the road. You do. There's only there's only ten movies. You've seen one of them. I'll be on the cro- on the road next week, and then yeah, maybe maybe most of them are really. You could see all quiet in the Western Fronts on Netflix. HBO has uh, 
Um, uh, I think every, everything everywhere all at once, I think is on HBO. I think okay. they're out there. You can go get them. Okay. All right. That'll be my homework until uh, our next podcast. And uh, in the meantime, I'm going to go watch Kang uh, blow some shit up. I thought you said Kane. Kang, not Derek <laughs> King. Derek King, the Conqueror, the Time Lord of the Marvel Universe. See, <laughs> what's <laughs> going on over there? Kang wearing one of those little, uh, you know, old old timey Irish hats that Derek King likes to wear. <laughs> um, so we will be back at this uh, at some point, probably before the deadline. Yeah, I'm glad we did this. It's justifying this uh, microphone I had to buy in yeah. Montreal. Yeah, you can you can to listen to Lazam multiple podcasts now. I feel I feel like this this microphone should like have should, should give me like a French accent or something because I bought it in Montreal. It should be like it should it should do something to my voice to make me sound more like Maurice Chevalier. Or Maybe something. I can do that in post production. Oh. All of a sudden, we, whenever you talk, just some random guy. <laughs> we are talking about the Blackhawks. Oh. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, we'll have yeah tomorrow. We got the poll, and then we got the deadline, and yeah, they'll be the focus until after the de- de- deadline. Line, deadline, and more um, Patrick Kane stories. Yes. Brace yourselves. Or do it. So, uh, for Mark Lazarus, I am Scott Powers, and this is Lazarus Powers, and we'll talk to you soon. And I know that I can fix it. I can help even just a little bit.